With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I give to you the most foolish vice president in the history of vice presidents, her, Kamala Harris. Okay. <laughs> It is actually kind of hilarious and also kind of sad for all of us that she is finally going to the border about four months or so after Joe Biden made her in charge of all things immigration and border security. Madam Vice President, thank you. I gave you a tough job and you're smiling. But there's no one better capable of trying to organize this. Well, thank you, Mr. President, and for having the confidence in me. All right. So now we hear today she's going to the border. Politico first reported that, yes, she's going to the border probably this week. You want to know why she's really going? It's not for the good of the country. It's to beat Donald Trump to the punch. Donald Trump put this out last week, that he was going to visit Greg Abbott at the decimated southern border on Wednesday, June 30th. Well, that is next Wednesday, and they can't have the former president doing the job that the president should be doing, so Kamala Harris is going. Folks, they are still obsessed with President Trump, big time. Remember when Joe Biden was in Geneva last week, walking around, meeting with Vladimir Putin? You know it was on his mind Donald Trump. We actually have proof of this. When he would make speeches and uh, take out that little card with all of his notes on it, take a look at the card. This has not been doctored. This is the real thing. We're going to make it vertical for you. His talking points in Geneva before the international media, all about Donald Trump. They are obsessed with him. They don't like him. They're worried about him. And this trip, Kamala Harris, it's just done to beat Trump. If Trump weren't going, she wouldn't be going. Why is the vice president visiting the border this week when earlier this month she dismissed a trip like that, saying it would be a grand gesture? She also said um, in an interview with NBC that she would be open to going to the border if it was an appropriate time. She said that after she said that. So that's important context. Important context. Yeah, like she's going to the border because uh, it's <laughs> this is the most honest administration. Just ask her. Just ask her. What has she been focusing on? She says, not the border. You can't worry about the border. The border's for amateurs. The pros worry about the root causes. We are focused on addressing both the acute factors and the root causes of migration. The root causes of migration. Dealing with root causes? You can't say you care about the border without caring about the root causes. Dealing with the root causes of migration? We better care about the root causes? The root causes. 
The root cause of our current crisis is this. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, the far left, they like this situation. They do. All those people coming across the border, cheap labor uh, and votes. That's what they see. And they want to keep them coming. That is the root cause. Their deliberate negligence. All right. Meanwhile, the border is in shambles. But this country, we're seeing great Americans step forward to protect our heritage. Uh, have you seen these school board meetings around the country? Perhaps the ground zero of this fight um, to keep critical race out of our schools is Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh, have you ever been to Loudoun County? If you ever went through Dulles Airport, you've been there. These are great people, and they're saying enough is enough when it comes to critical race theory and woke culture in schools. They've been making real progress, these folks, ordinary people from all walks of life. And what happens when you start making real progress? They try to shut you down. Ms. Corbo, can I record your vote, please? Aye. Thank you. The motion carries 9-0. Public comment is now ended. We will move to our next agenda item. They cut the mic. People were upset. Fortunately, Everybody's got a camera these days. You can't silence this. You're done. You're done. Get out. Oh, that's right. That's right. Get out. Get out. Get out. What's the rush to close the debate about something so potentially harmful to our children? What is the rush? Folks, it got ugly, but you know what? That's what happens when you try to stifle free speech. The cops came in, arrested a couple of people. This is getting ugly. It doesn't have to be, but it's where we are. You know, this is a country where freedom of speech should be a given. Why are they trying to hassle the gym teacher down there, Tanner Cross? Have you heard about this guy? Freedom of speech? Well, they're actually trying to order this guy what language he should be using. For all of human history, there were basically two pronouns for the sexes, him, her, she, he, right? Got us this far. They're trying to order this guy, phys ed teacher, to use the gender neutral pronouns of uh, certain students choosing. He doesn't like it. He says it's against his religious views and scientific views, and he spoke up about it. My name is Tanner Cross, and I am speaking out of love for those who suffer with gender dysphoria. 60 Minutes this past Sunday interviewed over 30 young people who transitioned, but they felt led astray because lack of pushback or how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies in just three months. They are now detransitioning. It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa, because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. You're suspended pending termination. Yeah, they're trying to fire this guy. They actually suspended him um, because he would not use these gender-neutral pronouns. What's the big deal? A judge took a look at this and said, give me a break. Put him back on the job. They're still trying to fire the guy. This is such a worthy fight, and it's happening all across the country. We don't want our schools to become like the streets of America, which certainly in urban centers have become 
chaotic as a direct result of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the stigmatization of police, total disrespect. We don't want that happening in the schools. That should be reasonable. That should be a no-brainer. Hey, we heard from Joe Biden just a little while ago because you know what's happening here. Democrats, uh, they're in charge right now, and they know that people are getting freaked out by all of the violence across the country, which has been normalized by the media, but not by regular people. There's something really horrible, and it's on their watch. So what are they trying to do? Act like they're doing something about it. I've been at this a long time. And there are things we know that work that reduce gun violence and violent crime and things that we don't know about. But things we know about, background checks for purchasing a firearm are important. Ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. No one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds, unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. How's that for energy? How's that for force? How's that for innovation and bold new ideas? It was the same warmed over stuff that's not going to do anything. Joe Biden has been at this for a long time. 1973, he got there, and he's still trying the same old silly ideas that don't change anything. But at least they'll be able to, I guess, put it in a commercial or say they got something done or tried to do something if it wasn't for those Republicans. He totally squandered his moral authority. We were talking about that earlier this week, last summer, when he couldn't utter the phrase law and order. And all of this, which should have been universally condemned by any responsible person, he gave a pass to. In fact, he gave a green light to. In weeks like this, we see it plainly that we're a country with an open wound. And none of us can turn away. None of us can be silent. None of us can any longer can we hear the words, I can't breathe and do nothing. That's what he did. He did nothing. Open wound, he let that wound fester. And with his words, carefully selected, encouraged the violence. Shameful, shameful. We all noticed, Joe, and you can't fool us. We'll be right back. Check out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson. You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Folks, the fake news, let this guy get away with it. Please don't let this happen in your community. Uh, New York City might be on the verge of making a, uh, a total liar the next mayor of the city of New York. His name is Eric Adams, and uh, through our crazy system here with 30% of the vote, this guy just might be the next mayor. We're not sure yet, but seems to be leaning his way. Uh, a couple of things about him. Well, number one, <laughs> spent the campaign in New Jersey, all right? actually got away with it, living in New Jersey. That's across the river, okay? That's not in New York. Then he tried to convince everybody that he lived in a basement apartment in Brooklyn. Nobody bought it, but you can't say it. You just can't say it. He also sold the media on a totally fake idea that he is tough on crime. He just started talking about this eight seconds ago, 
but they bought it. What can we learn about the state of the Democratic Party right now from the very early New York City mayoral primary? Well, former New York police captain Eric Adams, as we mentioned in the last segment, he's currently leading the Democratic field, beating out progressives with a tough on crime message and approach as that city, like others across the country, grapple with a spike in violent crime this summer. All right. So former police captain who started talking tough on crime again eight seconds ago. This guy is to police what Chelsea Manning was to the army. Remember her? Yeah. These are both traitors, traitors to their institutions, and they exploited their affiliation for their own gain. Horrible stuff. Now, here's how tough on crime Eric Adams is, okay? He doesn't trust the cops for us to call them when we're in trouble. Or if there's a real nuisance on your block, like somebody lighting off M80 firecrackers or shooting bottle rockets at your window, don't call the cops. Just go outside yourself and see if you can broker a piece. I think that we need to create community-based response teams. We don't want police responding to incidents that are non-criminal in nature, violent crimes in particular. All right, that was his message last summer. Go out, take care of it yourself. One person, at least, took him up on that advice. Her name, Shatavia, uh, Shatavia Walls. She was listening. She went outside to talk to some people who were lighting off firecrackers. They were being very disrespectful. And she was killed. They murdered her. And he was acting, she was acting on his advice. That's what we're dealing with right now in New York City. This guy might be the next mayor. And if you think, I don't know, this doesn't affect you, New York is a very important place. And by the way, everybody comes here to see a show, that kind of thing. New York drives the country's economy. And if this place goes down any further, it's going to mean bad things for everybody else. It's really, really sad. By the way, if you are in New York, um, you'll know it by the smell. This has been going on for a long time now, but uh, our current mayor and his former police chief held up a great big bag of marijuana to announce this is how much marijuana you can carry in New York City legally. That's a lot of weed, <laughs> but no problem. It's all okay. We also have this. Black lives do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. Of course, all lives matter. Black lives matter, including the life of 19-year-old Jasmine Burrell, killed Monday night in Houston, Texas. Uh, she was killed. Two of her friends were shot and wounded. They were in a car on Monday night at around 9 o'clock. Um, friends and family say she was a really sweet girl and would never hurt anybody, but uh, a group of men walked up to the car, and they just began firing into it. No arrests so far, but police are searching for a 2019 white Chevrolet Impala, and the two suspects seen right outside that vehicle there. Again, just 19 years old. All right, coming up, Loudoun County, Virginia, the epicenter of this fight against critical race theory. Hi. What happens there could very well affect your town, my town. They're doing a great job fighting this fight. We'll be right back.
Students, you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you're presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of your skin color. Students, it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors. And finally, to the board, this isn't over and your policies are just as that's what they do. They cut the mic. As soon as they start building up some momentum, the students, parents, and some teachers in Northern Virginia have been doing a great job pushing back against some of this crazy, woke, cultural stuff. Sometimes they do too good a job for the school board's uh, comfort. This is, again, Loudoun County. We were talking about it earlier. Watch. Ms. Corbo, can I record your vote, please? Aye. Thank you. The motion carries 9-0. Public comment is now ended. We will move to our next agenda item. <laughs> you, you can't silence them. It's not going to work. I'd like to bring in Ian Pryor, Executive Director, Fight for Schools and Senior Counsel to Unsilenced Majority. They've been doing important work in Loudoun County, which seems to be the epicenter of uh, these battles, but it's affecting everybody across the country. Ian, welcome back. Thanks for having me. If Loudoun County School Board gets its way, um, if this woke stuff takes hold, what will it look like? What specifically are they trying to enact? Well, you know, it's already been enacted. I mean, this stuff has been going on since 2019. And really, you know, where it manifests itself is in teacher trainings. You know, they will uh, they'll be taught about their white privilege or, you know, redefining white supremacy, which no longer means, you know, judging people or thinking that you're superior based on the color of your skin, but apparently, you know, now means driving a Volvo. Uh, and you're seeing it in, in the schools too. You're seeing it in classrooms with, you know, kids coming home, they're, they're seeing slides saying that, you know, people of color and women uh, never get credit for their work. You know, they're learning about uh, white fragility, uh, white privilege, uh, and it goes beyond just sort of a black and white thing. I mean, it's really about oppressor versus the oppressed. There was one slide that was presented to teachers where they actually had you know, if you are a, a lighter skinned person of a minority, you are an oppressor over a darker skinned person of that same minority. So this division goes across many different layers. And really what it is, is, you know, it's toxic, it's regressive and it's destructive for, I think, the, the future of our children. And it's already taking hold. Um, the parents, though, and the teachers, some of them have been fantastic. And the board obviously is uncomfortable with that. Let's just take a look again from last night. How many people are actually getting to uh, make their voice heard? It seems un-American to try to silence them. I understand 259 residents signed up to speak, uh, but a lot fewer actually did. Yeah, that's right. I think about 59 people were, were able to speak, and then they shut down the meeting after applause, uh, cutting 200 people off from being able to go there and speak. And that's really the only vehicle for parents to be able to get heard by the school board. Um, the vast majority of this school board has no interest in talking to members of the community that they disagree with. Now, they'll talk to their activist friend. They'll talk to the special interests that are, you know, basically controlling the, the school's agenda. But they won't talk to the parents. I mean, you ha your parents have been out there for a year and a half, whether they're trying to get schools reopened, whether they're talking about the curriculum or teacher trainings, whether it's standing up for First Amendment rights of students, parents and teachers. 
They do not want to hear it. And by shutting down that meeting, you know, it just shows that they have no respect for the First Amendment. And, you know, if they had just let it go, the applause would have ran out and then they could have let everybody speak. But, you know, it certainly seemed like this was something planned from the get go, that the first opportunity they had to cut people off, they were going to do it. You know, the thing that uh, is most chilling to me, this gym teacher, Tanner Cross, as you know, it's not just, um, you know, freedom of speech. They're telling him, they're ordering him to say certain things. You know, most of the debate has been about you can't say this, you can't say that. They want him. They're ordering him to use these rather unusual, rather new uh, gender nonspecific pronouns that violates everything that he is. They suspended him. They made him bring him back. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about that freedom of speech? They are forcing a language on students and teachers. Yeah, it's freedom of speech. It's freedom of religion. And, you know, Tanner Cross. Uh, went to court in, in circuit court in Loudoun County. He won his case. Uh, you know, everyone was excited that the court ruled for him, and they did so, you know, with some strong language. But now Loudoun County Public Schools is appealing that case with our tax dollars to the Virginia Supreme Court. And, you know, how, how telling is it here that we have a case on the docket, Loudoun County Public Schools versus Cross? I mean, that just shows you how much disrespect they have for religious liberties, for First Amendment rights, and for the parents that are out there in the community really trying to understand and, and speak up for what happens to their kids when they walk through those two doors every day when they get dropped off at school. Hey, Loudoun County, I remember on election night or previous election nights, I always thought that was far enough from Washington, D.C. It tilted red a little bit. What, what Culturally, what's happening in Loudoun County? That's, by the way, where Dulles Airport is, right? Yeah, well, you know, I think what's happened is you've seen a shift from people to from, you know, Arlington County, Alexandria, Fairfax, what they did. And I can speak to myself. I mean, this is how I, I moved out here. Um, you move out here for a little more space, uh, you know, school system that up until, you know, two or three years ago was, was renowned for its uh, education. And, you know, they would move out. But unfortunately, when you're moving out from Fairfax, you're moving out from Alexandria, you know, apparently they, they take their ideologies out there with them and they completely tank the school system in doing so. Haven't seen too much of this, but an arrest at a school board meeting. He didn't go there to be arrested. It wasn't a protest or anything like that. Uh, but roll it, please. You know, look, you don't want to resist uh, arrest, never, but uh, it's just wild that he's being brought out of a public forum for speaking. I know of no other allegation against him other than talking. Yeah, and that's right. And it was the superintendent of Loudoun County Public Schools that declared this an unlawful assembly. Now, to declare something an unlawful assembly, you have to believe that there are threats of violence. There were no threats of violence. People were in there. They were speaking. They were giving the speeches that they came there to give before they, they shut down public comment. They were singing the national anthem. You know, there was no threat at all. But the superintendent, and he really put the sheriff's department in sort of a, he did that. 
Uh, and it's unfortunate that, you know, parents and, and taxpayers that went there to have their voices heard, you know, were cut off. And, you know, 200 of them, you know, had to go home without feeling that they were able to say their piece and exercise their First Amendment rights at a school board meeting. Ian Pryor, thank you for what you're doing. To be continued for sure. Our gratitude to the uh, parents and some of the teachers in Loudoun County. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. All right. When we come back, you'll swear it's President Trump. It's not, but it's very, very close. You got to see this guy. In a quarter mile, you're going to make a left, okay? We're talking about a left or two, Sortel Boulevard. A wonderful street. I built it with my own two hands. A beautiful street. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. I'd like you to meet Sean Farish. He is the founder of the Long Island Loud Majority. It is a local GOP organizing group. Uh, he's a graduate of Hofstra University back in 2013. He's been politically active, and we're going to play some clips in a moment. But first, Sean, welcome to Newsmax, and that is one hell of an impression. Excuse me. Thank you so much, Greg, for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of been funny the last few days. And stuff just kind of took off, and uh, you know, I just like sharing it with everyone and making people laugh. That's really what I love to do about it. So, uh, uh, thanks for having me on. All right, you bet. So we're going to play it now, and quite, I want to just tell everybody at the top: this is your voice. It looks like you're lip-syncing President Trump, but you're not. This is you. So creative, so interesting. It's a TikTok video. Um, you know, everybody knows GPS and turn here, turn here. Well, look at uh, Sean Farish's version of it or Donald Trump's. In a quarter mile, you're going to make a left, okay? We're talking about a left or two, Sortel Boulevard. A wonderful street. I built it with my own two hands. A beautiful street. I know a lot about it. Nobody knows Sortel like I know Sortel. You're going to make a left and... If you reach Bernie Sanders, you've gone too far left, okay? If you reach Bernie, you've gone too far. In three big, beautiful quarters of a mile, we're going to make a U-turn, okay? We're going to make a U-turn, turn around, or as Jed Psaki likes to say, we're going to circle back, okay? We're going to make the U-turn, the greatest U-turn the world has ever seen at Corpus Christi Drive, and we're going to turn it around faster than the world has ever seen. We're rerouting, or as I like to call it, lost, okay? We've got no clue where we are. We are more lost than a liberal after reading the Constitution. We're more lost than Sleepy Joe after leaving his basement. But we're going to get there soon, believe me. Perfection. It's perfect. It's perfect. Sean, I don't... Um, <laughs> how did you do it? How did you pull it off? Lots of practice. First shot. Natural. What happened? So, I mean, I've been doing it. Uh, there are folks on Twitter and folks on Facebook that have seen it for a while. I started doing that with Trump, the weatherman. I would do weather forecast. We're going to get a lot of snow like you've never seen. And that kind of like transitioned into, you know, just putting Trump in different situations. One of my videos last year, I did one. Uh, he was the server in a, in a restaurant. I did the MAGA Airlines, you know, doing the the. Fasten your seatbelts, okay, like things like that. Um, but, yeah, it is practice, repetition. You learn a few phrases. All of a sudden, you can sound like the guy. I always hear me doing it, right? So I don't know what other people hear, but apparently people think it sounds really good. And I, I honestly, for me, it's all about are people enjoying the content? Can we get a good laugh? I've even had liberals go, I don't like Trump. 
but you're funny. And to me, that's what it's all about. All right. Well, it works. It totally works. I want to find out about Long Island Loud Majority. But first, another clip. I'm not sure what adventure we're going to go on right now with you and Donald Trump, but let's take a look. Rise and shine. It's another great day to make America great again. And I just have to say, frankly, and I know you're looking at it and you're thinking about it, but I don't want you to touch what I call the fake news snooze button. Don't touch it. It's the fake news snooze and sleepy Joe Biden has hit the fake news snooze button his entire career. So it's time to get out of bed. Pour yourself the greatest cup of Kofifi the world has ever seen. Rise up with one voice, drain the swamp, and take back our country. Today's the day we're going to do it, and it's time to do it right now, believe me. By the way, not only the voice, the writing. A cup of Kofifi, I remember that. Uh, it's brilliant, totally brilliant. Uh, tell us a little bit about Long Island Loud Majority. You founded it, what is it? I founded it with two others, Kevin and Heather. Um, we we used to run all the Trump uh, caravans here on Long Island. We took 10,000 cars from Seaford to Montauk. We took 300 vehicles down Fifth Avenue. We called that the uh, Operation 10-4 because it was on October 4th. Fifth Avenue filibuster right past Trump Tower. What a great time. We've energized conservatives in this state. Uh, like nobody's ever seen, to, to quote the man. Um, and we can't, we're continuing to do it. We're fighting critical race theory in the schools. We're trying to get the kids out of masks. We're bringing people together that have been afraid to speak uh, and afraid to be comfortable to say, I'm a conservative, I'm a patriot. Um, and now they're not afraid to do that anymore. We've taken the silent majority. We've woken them up. We've turned them into the loud majority. And uh, that's really what it's all about. We're, we're, we're giving no ground and we're taking ground back. And that's our goal. Awesome. Awesome, Sean. All right, we got another video, and uh, let's see what happens on this one. Here we go. Okay. Can I have two chicken quesadillas? We're talking about... Yes, I want the most beautiful, well-packed quesadillas you could do. And two sides of sour cream. We're talking about... The, sorry about that. The sourest cream the world has ever seen. Correct. That's all it's going to be. Uh, that's all you order? That's the entire order. Big, beautiful order. The best order the world's ever seen. I'll see you on the other side. Would you like any sauce? I would like a colossal amount of hot sauce. Hot sauce? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you can the I'll see you. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Now, listen, I like you a lot, Sean. You know that by now. You know that. But I noticed that you're always wearing your hat in an interesting manner, backwards. Not the front like I wear it, but backwards in all the videos. Why is that, Sean? Sean, you are light, wear it. You're light years ahead of me. Did you notice? Did you notice what I was doing there? Yes, I heard you, and you were doing a fantastic job. Okay, <laughs> don't undersell yourself. You did a fantastic job. You're always doing a fantastic job. I wear the hat backwards to signify the direction that the country's going under Sleepy Joe. Okay, we're going backwards. That's what's happening. Perfect, perfect. Well, listen, you're a thousand, a million times better than Alec Baldwin. Um, what's next for you? I understand you work in marketing right now. You got this great group, uh, loud majority going. But uh, what's next for you? You are seriously, obviously, incredibly talented. What do you want to do? Hey, I, I want to I want to take Long Island loud majority and turn it into the United States loud majority. I want to take coast to coast, 
you know, California to Montauk. And I want to energize conservatives across the entire country, because to me, that's what this means. I got this flag here. I've always been a big believer in the United States of America and what she really stands for. And I know truly that if you were to ask the entire country, hey, do you want communism, socialism, all this nonsense that to, to be the way this country is? The answer would be an emphatic no from a, a majority of the country. And that's the people we're after. We want to we want to uh, wake them up. We want them to rise together with one voice, just like the alarm clock said, and take back our country. That's the goal. Hey, by the way, um, are you in uniform? Is that the uniform for your group? It, I, I see the, the flag and everything. It looks like you're... Yeah, uh, it's, our new, uh, it's our new polos. They look nice, right? <laughs> They're great. That's our logo, yep. Um, and yeah, I guess you can call it we're in uniform, sure. You're in uniform. Uh, yes, it looks... Uh, okay, so uh, can you give us one more? If Donald Trump were uh, watching Newsmax, what might he be thinking or saying right about now? He'd probably say, listen, they're the greatest network, okay? They did a great job during the election for such a long time, Greg Kelly. And we want to say, continue to watch it. Their ratings are fantastic, a lot better than, let's say, fake news CNN or the failing New York Times. So continue to watch Newsmax and support my friend Greg. All right, thank you very much, Donald Trump and Sean, President Trump. Uh, by the way, check him out on TikTok at Captain Deplorable. I love it, Captain Deplorable. And uh, continued success. Sean Farish, keep in touch. You're welcome back anytime. We so appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll be right back. I am not going to be the next mayor of New York City based upon the numbers that have come in tonight. I am conceding this race, though we're not sure ultimately who the next mayor is going to be, but whoever that person is, I will be very happy to work with them to help improve the lives of the 8.3 million people who live in our great city. And I would urge everyone here to do the same. All right, things are so bad in New York City. You remember Andrew Yang uh, ran for president. Things are so bad here that I was genuinely disappointed that he um, is out of the race because uh, he's not insane. I may not like his ideas. He may not have the qualifications, but I'm pretty sure he's not technically insane. And I'm not sure that applies to these three individuals, one of whom likely will be the next mayor, okay? These are the big three. Maya Wiley wouldn't even commit to not taking uh, the guns back from cops. <laughs> She's entertained the idea of taking guns from cops. Our only hope is Curtis Sliwa. He is the Republican nominee. Big New York character. Um, look, I'm not, he's got his problems with Trump. I love Trump, you know that. But believe it or not, not supporting Trump as a Republican here in New York, it might help him. It might help him. This is a crazy liberal city. But I'd like to introduce you to some experts. We've got Seth Barron. He is the author of a new great book. It's called The Last Days of New York, A Reporter's True Tale. Um, just came out a couple of weeks ago published by Humanix, and also Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host. Uh, welcome back, Mark. Uh, Seth, first to you, your reaction last night. It looks like New York City is going from bad to worse. de Blasio is horrible. These three, if one of them becomes mayor, we are in big, big trouble. Yeah, uh, I mean, clearly Maya Wiley would be the worst of the three, but the other two aren't so great either. But of even more concern, Greg, is the fact that down-ballot races have gone hard left. Uh, the next controller is just an avowed socialist. 
Uh, the Manhattan District Attorney believes that violent felonies, except for rape and murder, uh, should not receive jail sentences. Um, you know, so we're talking about, you know, felony assault, robbery, carjacking. He, he wants to see those, uh, you know, not face incarceration. Uh, the city council has got a whole bunch of new socialists and hardcore, like, you know, anti-Israel people in it. Uh, it's, it's a pretty bad scene. And, you know, neither of the, none of the mayor, mayoral candidates is going to be able to restore order. Mark Simone, the neighborhood, the city had already I'm gone to pot. It looks like it's going to take another nosedive. I'm getting suicidal just being on this segment here. This is uh, the biggest city in the world. This city has the greatest billionaires, the greatest managers, the greatest CEOs. So we need five candidates. We end up with five wackos. Uh, not, not all of them put together don't have any management experience. Uh, you got Maya Wiley, who's worked for George Soros all her life. Uh, that tells you all you need to know. Eric Adams, who has a no-show job for the last five years, which is borough president that does nothing. Then you got to Catherine Garcia, who was actually the sanitation commissioner. But one of the big complaints about the de Blasio administration where she worked is the garbage was all over the place. The streets were <laughs> terrible. Then they put in this ridiculous system here in New York, this rank choice voting where you pick five candidates and uh, uh, I've never heard of this anywhere in the country. Uh, at, last night at nine o'clock, we all put on the television to see the results. We won't know for three weeks. It'll, uh, I don't know where these ballots go for three weeks or what's going to happen. It, the whole thing doesn't pass the smell test or the laugh test. And uh, we're in real trouble if we don't get Curtis. He's the perfect candidate right now. Yeah, Curtis, we're going to get to him in a moment. But you know what? I, the wild thing here, New York, you got all these hyper-political people. They live in this city. No one, very few people were talking about this election. Last fall, everybody was talking about Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden. No one really even knew it was election day. It was so weird. Seth Barron, why do you think that is? Well, uh, in a weird way, uh, the more the worse things get, the more people tune out politics. It, it seems in the 1950s, we had 90 percent turnout in local elections. People were much more involved with their neighborhood political clubs. Now, uh, politics is just a question of, you know, the public sector unions and consultants and nonprofit organizations that have radical perspectives. Average people don't really follow it or care. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's a bad thing. But I don't know what we can do about it. Turnout is really low. And the worse things get, you know, people just don't pay attention. I think maybe there was a lot of people got very complacent over 20 years with uh, crime going down. And, you know, they haven't woken up yet to what's happening. Well, let's uh, maybe it's too late to wake them up. But take a look at these crime statistics. They are outrageous. And you know what? It's not just numbers on a chart or in the newspaper. Let's go ahead and put them up on the screen, please. Yeah. Murder of 52 percent uh, shooting incidents. Uh, and I'm not even sure if these numbers are accurate. I feel like it's a lot more. I routinely hear shots fired um, as I walk around the city. It's like a thing. It's all over the place. And Mark, uh, everybody just kind of, is it, hey, something else is going on here. Everyone seems to be smoking a lot of weed, pot, marijuana. You wouldn't believe what's going on in New York City. If you, if you want to come, it's worth coming to visit. It's like an amusement park. There's drag racing all over the streets at night. The police won't do anything. Uh, homeless people, mental patients wandering around everywhere. There's uh, more crime than we've ever seen. The only good news is whenever we get crime spikes, we tend to get voting spikes in that election. So we hope it'll happen this year. Uh, but you're right, nobody's focused on it. They've 
set the primary this time in, in June, which is unheard of. It's supposed to be in August and September. And I, I, even the state of New York won't go along with any of this stuff. They don't do the rank choice. They don't do June primaries. This is just New York City. There's a swamp and a deep state here, just like everywhere else. And I don't know what they're up to or what sort of mischief they're trying to pull, but this doesn't look good. All right, let's take a look real quick at Curtis Sliwa. Have you heard about him, folks? He founded the Guardian Angels. It's like a, um, well, it's not a vigilante group. It's a kind of a volunteer public safety patrol. He started it in the late 1970s. Very controversial, but the public loved it. Officials, not so much, but the officials got used to it. He's also been a longtime radio host. And, oh, by the way, John Gotti ordered a hit on him, and he was shot five times in the early 90s, and he lived. He also boasts about being arrested something like 75 times. But uh, uh, Seth Barron, any chance of this guy? And if he were to get in, would he be any good? Well, he, I'm sure he would be better than what we've got on the other side. Whether he can win or not is another question. That's going to take, you know, the people of New York rising up and saying that they can't stand the disorder. You know, Curtis is a real character and he's a New York institution. So maybe it would be all right. And Mark, you worked with him. He's a very successful radio host, longtime radio host, uh, been all over the dial. What do we need to know about Curtis? Again, the Republican nominee, he's not a fan of Trump. You and I are fans of Trump, but in New York, that could work out to his advantage. Yeah, I worked with Curtis for 15 years. I can tell you, most honest guy in the world, hardest working guy in the world. He, he doesn't like Trump. We love Trump, greatest president ever. But the fact that he doesn't like him will help him with Democrats in New York. That's important. People want a crime fighter. Some element is anti-NYPD. Curtis has no NYPD ties, yet is still a crime fighter. He's got that going for him. People worried about police brutality. Curtis has been hit with more nightsticks, thrown in jail and beaten <laughs> by every police department in America. So he's got, and then he neutralizes uh, the stories Eric Adams will try to tell about that. Curtis is in a good position. Well, he told me uh, the meaning of a, what do they call it, a wooden shampoo. He, <laughs> he's gotten many wooden shampoos. You know what that is, Seth? I guess getting hit on the head. Yeah, being hit on the head with a police baton. What did this guy do? Why is he breaking the law as a guy who wants to enforce the law? How did he get in such trouble with cops, Mark? You know, it's not that he was breaking the law. Sometimes it was protesting, a lot of times in other cities. But you, you remember years ago, the cops hated uh, the Guardian Angels and went after them. They thought the Guardian Angels were competing or trying to embarrass them. So I, uh, Curtis, is, uh, Curtis is one of those guys who, when you walk down the street, picks up every gum wrapper, uh, he's the most lawful guy you've ever seen. Lawful. Uh, but still fun to hang out with. Uh, thank a, you very much. A lot much. of fun. Right. Mark Simone, check him out on Twitter and check him out at iHeartRadio. And Seth Barron, author of The Last Days of New York. Let's go ahead and put that on the screen. Very good book. You know, it's not just de Blasio who ruined New York. A lot of other things came together. So uh, go ahead and buy it. Support our conservative writers, The Last Days of New York, a reporter's true tale. Thanks, gents. We'll see you soon, Thanks. and I'll be right back. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. You can do more. You can watch Newsmax TV, America's fastest-growing news channel. Newsmax TV, real news for real people, every minute, every day. The border, totally out of control. The Rio Grande, come on in. No one seems to mind. The administration, the Biden administration, they want it. They want the cheap labor for the globalists, and they want the votes for the Democrat Party. They think they're all going to vote Democrat, or at least they can make it appear as though they voted Democrat. So 
Wasn't Kamala Harris supposed to do something about this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how do you... <laughs> this foolish woman is finally going to the border sometime this week. Why? Because Donald Trump is going next week. That's the only reason. We'll see you tomorrow and stand by for Century.